and welcome back to the Rod Ben and Bastards podcast. It has been a minute since the last episode. I am your host, Greg, from at Greg Lord Outdoors. Unfortunately, I am not joined by my Husky Ginger co-host, Nick, from at meat, that is M-E-A-T underscore my underscore fish. Um, but I do have a couple very distinguished gentlemen on here with me tonight, which I will introduce to you shortly. Um, but yeah, as I said, it has been, uh, it's been a minute since we did an episode. Um, you know, obviously during my maternity, it was very easy to do a weekly, uh, weekly thing, but be it as life, you know, makes you go back to work. Unfortunately, um, I can't just be a stay at home dad, even though that would be really, really awesome. Well, maybe not, but you know, is what it is. Uh, life took over and episodes kind of somewhat fell by the wayside, but we are in full swing of bass fishing season. And that's kind of what this episode is going to be about. Um, quick little recap since beginning of January fishing has been somewhat limited for me. Um, obviously made a few trips up to Erie and New York to do some steelhead fishing. Um, have went out once or twice to do some trout fishing. Um, once on the kayak with, uh, two of the gentlemen that are on here with me tonight and one unbelievably epic trip that Nick and I took, um, last week, which I don't want to give anything away for that. Um, we did take an adventure. We went West and it was effing awesome. Um, we are hoping and not hoping we will be doing a recap of that trip. Um, the next time him and I can hook up. And additionally, uh, we will have a guest on that episode as well, hopefully, who is the gentleman that took us down a very, very famous river and we caught a lot of trout. So uh, that's all the teaser I'm going to give for that. But I would like to dive right into things tonight. I am joined by Ben Lee and Ryan Van Tyne. They are the directors of the Lake and River Series for the Keystone Bass Kayak Series uh, fishing trail that I am fishing in this year. And we had our very first, uh, very first stage, I guess, or very first event this past weekend. And that's what we're going to talk about. So. Welcome in, guys. How's it going tonight? Going good, man. Going good. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Going great. Oh, I am glad to hear that. Um, kind of as per what our normal is. I don't know if anyone, I know Ryan doesn't drink. I don't know, Ben, if you are enjoying a beverage tonight or not. Um, and we actually maybe be talking about beverages here in a little bit because of one of the awesome sponsors you guys gathered for uh, the series this year. So are you, uh, are you partaking in any alcohol tonight? I, uh, I do have a, uh, we'll call it a, a one third uh, glass of beer. I do have work tomorrow, so I'm just trying to keep it easy. Um, I'm drinking some Southern tier juicy jolt. No, that's a different that's one. Where, okay. Yeah, I had it. It was in the fridge. I was like, "All right, there she is. Let's go." There you go. I uh, I am not drinking tonight. I had about four or five beers while I was uh, in my golf league tonight. So I decided to open up a bottle of water and enjoy a very nice cigar while I'm on this <laughs> uh, podcast with you fellas. So nice. Yes. Um. But yeah, we had our first event and it was this past weekend on Saturday and it was at Pimatuming Reservoir. And uh, I'm going to say it was a, it was a pretty good event. Um, what were your kind of, what were your expectations for this uh, first one, Ben? Um, I mean, I knew guys were going to catch them. Uh, they definitely showed up. I think we had like 175 bass turned in out of 30 anglers and that's just the ones that were turned in to get scored uh and i know from talking to a bunch of guys there's a lot more caught so i'd say there's probably around 250 bass that were caught um nothing big i think the the females had disappeared but 
uh, it was good. It was a good event. A lot of guys had a good time catching fish and just trying to find uh, bigger fish, which is always a good problem to have. So I, I was very happy with the turnout, um, happy with the results. And uh, sponsors hooked us up. Ryan helped out with that stuff. And, and man, it was just – I was happy. It was – it's been a long time coming trying to get that first event in. And it's just good to have that under – under our belts and it, there's a lot of pre-planning that goes into all that stuff. And it's just, once that first one hits, then everything's kind of like cruise control. And so that was, that was good to kind of have that happen. Yeah, it was, uh, I felt like it was a good one. I mean, I am still extremely green, uh, whenever it comes to tournament bass fishing. Um, this was technically only my second, uh, single day event with the series um i fished in the month-long one last year as well but um i was i was very happy with it um i know both you and ryan uh fished in it um ryan who is mr you know i only fish in the rivers i only like fishing moving water um was sitting in uh in third place before his buddy kind of uh kicked him out the door and made him uh you know just peek through the crack at the money. Yeah. 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 Didn't know what to do on the lake. I just was like, uh, I'm gonna go fish. But no, Joe so Joe actually had third all day. I just he he sent the wrong picture over with the fish that he submitted and Ben and that's something I learned from Ben is like just reaching out and saying hey like and this is a, a very good note for especially green anglers that are into the tournament scene like newbies um take multiple pictures of fish because you know you might not have if you only take one picture of a fish you submit, it might not be a very good picture. And that wasn't the case with Joe. He just sent the wrong picture over and Ben let him know. And he had the right picture um, before the uh, photo submission time ran out. But um, it's definitely a good rule of thumb to take like one or two pictures of your fish that you caught. And then like take a picture of the sky or something to kind of break up the uh, yep. the pictures. That way you know which ones are which. Yeah, I know uh, my lesson learned from last year and the one single day event that I fished in out at uh, Moraine was make sure the fish's mouth is closed whenever you submit your picture because I had a very good fish that um, I was tied for a big bass of the day and did Ooh. not pay any bit of attention whatsoever and uh, the fish's <laughs> mouth was half open. So um I don't think I would have actually won money if the fish's mouth was closed and I got a good picture of it, but, um, yeah, lessons, lessons learned on that. Um, so the one thing that I, uh, I did talk about with Nate, um, Nate Hall, who fished in the uh, same area that I did, um, whenever we got back off the water, once the tournament was over, I was like, man, that paranoia as the bar just sits there and spins while it's waiting to submit a picture and turn X is like unbelievably <laughs> like it's excruciating like to just sit there and be like okay did it go through man i really hope it went through i think it went through shit did i i should have taken another picture oh man this is so i just don't know what the hell to do right now but um you know, Turny X is a, a very good app and, um, you know, once you're in some good service area, you know, everything, everything works fine. But there are many times that I would all of a sudden look and I'm holding my phone like a foot above my head, like, give me that one extra bar right now to get that, uh, get that picture submitted. So. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to, to, to kind of learn in that process. And I, I think everybody, I don't know that I haven't talked to anybody that, that, you know, is different, but I think everybody makes a mistake on their first big fish. Like, I don't know. I made a mistake on my first big fish. I mean, you just like, I think everybody submits their first big fish with like the mouth open. You're like all pumped. You're in a tournament and you just, you let that picture go and you're, then you put the fish back in the water and then you're like, Oh crap. And it just like hits you and your heart just sinks and you, you just blew it. But, um, 
it's, you know, par for the course. We have to learn from our mistakes. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the more mistakes you you make faster, the quicker you'll learn. So uh, it just, you know, it happens. I made mistakes, uh, which I shouldn't have made. But, uh, you know, I will, uh, you live and you learn, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, all good. A hundred percent. So um, in terms of the tournament, uh, I'll go through some of the stats that we have here and uh, list off the first, second, and third place guys. Um, so as Ben said, there were 175 fish that were turned in. Um, our biggest fish of the day was, uh, ironically, a 19 and three quarter inch smallmouth that was caught by uh, Larry Darnell, if I'm not mistaken, um, yes. who took second place uh, with that. Third place was Joe. Ryan, how do you say his last name? Because I don't want to butcher it. Back you. Back you. Um, and our first place was Jeff Lee. And let me, I had Tourney X. Funny, you butchered it. So it's Lay. Lay, Jeff Lay. Look at that. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, so Jeff uh, finished with 80 and a half inches. Uh, Larry had 78 and three quarter and Joe had 78 and three quarter, but Larry took second because of having, uh, the bigger fish. So, um, but the crazy thing about it is, is that from first to what was it been 18th place? I think it was yeah, only a total. Yeah. It was a total of, uh, 10 inches, nine inches, actually 80 and a half nine to inches, 71 yeah. and a half. So yeah. It was literally anyone's game that entire day. All it took was just grabbing, you know, maybe calling out a couple of the 13-inch fish that you submitted, and you definitely could have been inside the top five or, you know, maybe jumped in the top three to win some money, which going into this tournament, that was something that uh, Ben and I actually had talked about and uh, another buddy of mine, Tyler Rupert, um, he told me as well is that, you can find big ones at Pyme, but you're going to weed through a lot of 12 to 15 inch fish to do it. And that is exactly what happened to me. I probably caught, I mean, if I was out when it wasn't a tournament, I would have been ecstatic with my day. I probably put 25 <laughs> fish in the boat. Um, my very first fish was a 16 and a half, which was my big fish for the day. And, um, I caught that one on a chatter bait and, you know, I was told shallow is shallow rules the roost at pie me so i just beat the shit out of the bank the entire way around the area that i fished and within the first 15 minutes i put that one in the net and just like here we go like this is awesome just keep giving me these <laughs> all day and i'll be so happy and it literally was like 13 13 and a half 13 and three quarters don't even measure just throw this one back it was just like man just give me another good bite that's all i want but um yeah for me personally i i was very happy with uh how things turned out you know i finished in 16th uh ryan finished in fourth and Ben, do I do I want to say where you finished up at? Twenty hey, fifth. It's all good, man. That's that that was uh that was my lesson to be learned. I made that mistake uh one other time, and I should have learned from that. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try it anyway. And and the the mistake was just trying to get away from people, just to to have access to fish that, that they don't have, knowing wholeheartedly where I should have been fishing is where all the fish were, but I was just trying to find something different, but the same. And, uh, that burned me last year on Lake Arthur and it burned me again this year on Pimey. And so, uh, I think next time that idea comes up, I'm going to nix it and just go with my gut. Yeah, it was. So this is something I actually wanted to talk about on here too. Um, and it was something that I learned last year, um, again, having been very green into tournament fishing, you know, as a fun fisherman and, you know, yes, I go out to fun fish, but like, I'm going out to catch fish. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't have a good day. I'm not enjoying myself if I'm not catching fish. So 
you know, there might be that whole like, oh, you're one with nature and you're enjoying your time <laughs> on the water. Like, F that. Like, I loaded up all my shit. I put all my stuff in my truck, took an hour drive to get to a lake. Like, I want to catch fish. Like, I could care less about being on the water and with nature. Like, I'm there to catch fish. <laughs> so, whenever, like, Nick and I, whenever we go fishing, you know, we're going to a lake. We launch out of, like, typically the same launch. And then we just fish our asses off all day and one of the things that i was very surprised to learn about last year um was the fact that a lot of you guys you're making multiple moves throughout a day and i just was very surprised by that like i somewhat joked around with nate in the morning whenever we were getting ready um because i pulled up and he was the uh first truck i saw and I was like, I think I, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's him. And I, like, he was getting ready and I joked around. And I was like, well, I may as well just leave because you're here. So I already know I'm out of it. <laughs> but, um, uh, but like he even said too, he's like, yeah, we'll see what happens. He's like, you know, I may end up making a move because we were talking about motors and stuff. And with my kayak being the, <clears throat> you know, the autopilot 120, it's a lot of work for me to put that thing in and out of the water. And, you know, Nate was saying that's one of the reasons why he didn't bring his motor with him is that in case he wanted to make a move, it was easier to just reload and, you know, put it back in the truck and get it back in the water as quick as possible. But Ben, I know you said you, you bounced four different places the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Four times, man. It was, uh, uh, yeah. Um, four times can either be a good thing or a bad thing. Unfortunately for me, it was a bad thing because I was bouncing because I just didn't feel like there was the kind of fish that I needed, uh, especially the right species. <laughs> uh, that was part of the battle. Um, but, uh, yeah, like when you're just not, you're not feeling where you're at. Um, I fished three areas on Pymie that I've never been to straight up, never launched there, never been there, but they had a lot of characteristics that I liked. Uh, it just didn't pan out for that day. And then I tried the last like hour to try to pull something together, but I went to an area that, uh, when I pulled up, there was already, I think four or five guys there, maybe six. And I knew as soon as I launched there, I was like, I'm not going to pull it together here. These guys have probably been beating this up all day. Um, and that's just kind of, that's, that happens. And there's other times when you do that. And every time you, you relaunch, you catch something big and it's productive and there's, you can't be caught when you're doing that, but it's just one of those like risk reward kind of deals. And, uh, that was the game plan I, I rolled with and it, it bit me, but yeah, I mean, relaunching is, is definitely a strategy because, you know, even if you have a motor, you know, Pine is a big lake. There's a lot of water to cover. Yeah. So like even with a motor, you're, you're covering, you can cover the area that you're in really, really well, but to like motor to another area is impractical because it'll take you, you know, 45 minutes to an hour on a motor. But if you can load up in 10 minutes, drive there in 10 or 15 and be back on the water, it saves you time. So yeah. it, it works on big lakes, but on smaller lakes, it's not it's not as productive. So you just kind of like base it off of the size of the lake that you're on, whether that's something that's feasible or not. Yeah. That was my first time fishing at Pymie, uh, since I was like a little kid and I went out with my dad and my dad's buddy to walleye fish off of a pontoon boat. Um, but yeah, relaunching was not something that was necessarily in my <laughs> mind whatsoever. Um, well, yeah. Right. I, 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 I screwed up too. It, it I, benefited me. It, I ended up calling. I actually, so I started an area where I thought for sure I was going to be able, I went, I got off work early Friday and went and scoped out some places and um, found two historically good to me places and uh, wanted to start the morning in a place that I haven't put a lot of time in but looked really well and I was actually able to pre-fish and which is weird. I don't typically do that. I usually just 
show up, go fish, and I catch what I catch. And I was able to find a lot of really nice fish. Um, I caught one really nice fish. Um, and then I was like, wow, why did I do that? <laughs> so I quit fishing and uh, was just trying to locate a bunch of fish. <clears throat> and I found a bunch of fish in really nice places. And I was like, okay, well, this is where I'm going to start. Started there and I had a decent limit. <clears throat> and I went to a place where I actually ran into Ben's cousin and uh, I told him um, he was actually like right. I think he was in fifth. Now, granted, this is all before Nate did his like, you know, submit all my fish at lunchtime and then call <laughs> up. So Nate wasn't really in the picture at this point. So I think I was fifth and Ben's cousin Jason was in fourth and I met him as he was getting off the water with like 40 minutes left or something. And I looked at him and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, but like, you know, this spot over here, like historically has gotten me a couple of nice, really big fish. And I'm going to go try to call and try and win the damn thing. And he was like, no, you know, and then he, he, he actually cracked the joke about the river lake thing too. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I'm just having a good day. Like everybody really had like a decent day. It was just yeah. that the size wasn't there. Like it, if you, if you like Larry, like for instance, he, if he would have caught like a 15, or another 16 mixed in with his bag, like he would have won easily. Like, yeah, that's what's all like. That's what the one thing that even being, you know, new at this and stuff and just not with tournament, but also with bass fishing in general and like having fished a lake that I've never fished at for bass. It was just like, I actually felt pretty good. I mean, I, like I said, I finished 16th, but it was just like, man, you know, if two of those 13s were 16s, like that's <laughs> six more inches. And like that puts me into fourth for what? Uh, fifth place. Like I would have finished ahead of Nate then. So it's like, yeah. you know, and it just seems like it just, it doesn't seem like that much, right? Where you're just like, man, two more inches on a two fish. fish. Yeah. Is it like, yeah. Yeah. It's just like two fish. Or like if I call out one of these, like it puts me up higher. Um, and that's what I think is kind of my my draw to the competitive side with this, where it's, you know, there are definitely guys that fish in these series and not just in the, you know, KBKS, but also in the kayak anglers and the PA Bass Nation stuff and everything where it's there are some very, very good anglers and they will beat the shit out of a lake and they will catch a lot of fish. But you can have Joe Schmo roll off the street in his Pelican and catch 318 somewhere. And like they have a chance of winning just the same as someone who fishes in a tournament every yep. weekend the entire summer. So, like, that's what's yep. really like kind of a really big draw for me in wanting to, you know, fish these and everything. Yeah, it's really yeah, cool. So, like, like we'll just say I've never met. I was looking at the totals. I've never met Zach Schreckengoss, right? Okay, so his his smallest two fish were 14 and three quarter. He had a 15, a 15 and a half, and a 16. So if he, realistically, if he would have caught an, an 18, which is not, like, it's a decent fish, but that's not a monster. Like, an 18 is just a, you know, I, 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 I have to watch what I say because 18 for some people is a very, very big fish, which an 18 is a, it's a decent fish. It's a, it's a big fish, but if he would have put up an 18, right, that would have kicked out a 14 and three quarter. So what's that? That's three and a quarter inches, right? So his overall was 76. So if he would have added three and a quarter, that's 79 and a quarter inches that takes him. He was in 10th place. He finished in 10th. That takes him to second. Yeah. That's wild. So like it's crazy. Like it, it's, it's you just you're always after a call like always till yeah. the end you're always after a call especially if you have sub 15 inch fish which 
a lot of us had like I almost I that move I made it got rid of a 14 and three quarter inch fish for me and that's what put me up to fourth so I mean it's it, it doesn't seem like a lot but like an inch goes a long way in a tournament yeah and you gotta you gotta play like the uh the cards like some tournaments if if you feel like everybody's catching it you know you need a big one to make a big move but like if you know people or if you feel like people aren't aren't catching then every 13 or 14 counts you know and so like you kind of gauging those tournaments and knowing where it's every little fish counts versus where you need a big one to to make a big move uh separates you know guys who are consistently at the top and uh you know that's that that's you know a big part of it you know yeah um i will say and i feel like we did have a conversation about this at the uh uh like little award award ceremony that we had at the crooked paddle was every fish i caught was healthy like i caught 13 and a half inch fish that i would have bet that they were 16 plus for the size that they were like yeah they were fat fish and it was like they like said i if it wasn't a tournament day i would have been ecstatic with the day that i had up there yeah it was i mean it that that week uh you know the weekend was just it was primed everywhere like i talked to people that were fishing different lakes in the general same location, but they were on in different lakes and everything was bumping. I had a buddy who was fishing, uh, Shenango and he caught a 16 pound, uh, wiper. Uh, I mean, it was just like, everything was kind of popping off like crazy. It was just one of those weekends where like it, all the fish were ready to eat and, and they were all hungry. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, the i we wanted to have jeff on but he had some obligations for work and everything um what and you know it's post tournament so i think that like most people would be pretty comfortable with saying about it and everything um ben unfortunately you do not have the the best of days and everything um however if anyone is looking for a walleye guide uh for a pimey for a kayak uh get a hold of ben because he found some the other day well it's uh, funny because chad already texted me today and he was like hey where were you catching those walleye out we might go uh go walleye fishing <laughs> this yeah. weekend <laughs> so yeah. i told him i said they were it was loaded man absolutely loaded and, and that was i was getting a lot of short strikes um and, and sometimes when you get short strikes it's hard to tell what you're getting um you know, whether it's a bass or, or something else, but a lot of my short strikes were, were ripping trailers off of what I was throwing. So I kind of figured they were all toothy critters. Um, but yeah, I, I loaded up on walleye really good, man. I could have had a nice fish fry for you guys instead of, uh, instead pizza, of pizza, but you know. yeah. <laughs> but hey, listen, that pizza was bomb. I'm like, it was. that was good. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, Ryan, what were you, what'd you have the most, uh, success on the other day? Um, so <laughs> wacky rig, uh, wacky rig, wacky rig, wacky rig. So, it, it, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. It was a wacky rig <laughs> to no surprise. So I actually, so I, I don't know why I do it, dude. Like Joe showed me that wacky rig years ago and it was like, a, I, it just his stock. Like it's for me, it's like top water very finesse which is the wacky rig and a middle column and like i had i took three rods with me and like when i made my move right i i looked at jason i'm like you're probably gonna laugh but like i'm only taking two rods out because like i i know i'm catching fish on a wacky rig like if i'm gonna catch a fish it's gonna be on a wacky rig and i only i took two rods i took Two, I, I only fished with four rods. I took two off, stuck them in the back of my truck, took a top water, and I took a wacky rig. And I only threw through the wacky rig the whole time. I, that that last hour, I only threw the wacky rig. It was, the other rod just sat in the back of my kayak. <laughs> yeah, I um, 
I I was using moving baits, um, so I had a lot of a lot of fish caught on a chatterbait, um, and then I was doing a lot of flipping. Like I was throwing a creature style into the wood, um, and that's actually where I felt like I had a lot of success at. Um, I don't know how big you know definitively the fish was that i i pinned and it came off whenever i was trying to get it in um but i feel like it was one that definitely would have put me inside of top 10 if not potentially up into like the top six um and it was flipping a watermelon red creature style bait behind a a tree that was blown over right on the root system and i pinned the one was a damn good fish lost it hook came back in hooked in my flag on my kayak got cut that out (laughs) and very next cast i caught um my second biggest fish so i'm thinking it was probably a male and a female that were in there that were on a bed somewhere um that's why i got both of them but uh yeah uh, ryan i'm with you like i could have probably i threw some other stuff like i was throwing a swim jig and um the chatterbait i flipped i tried to drop shot a little bit around some wood without any success i probably could have taken two rods which seems to be my normal like let's load up and look like you have all of this gear and you end up using two <laughs> things the entire damn day like which is pretty much what i do anytime i go fishing yeah it's, it's definitely better to be over prepared <laughs> than than under prepared but you know damn well that you're probably only going to be using like two or three of those rods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, I, so Ben blew my freaking mind. So I had the luxury of getting it. Ben, I got to stay at Ben's family cabin and uh, up at Conneaut. And he was, <laughs> he, so I was like, I'm really like freaking weird. Like, and there's not many people that fish the way I do. Like, I literally just throw two planos under my seat about five bags of plastics which they're all like i take my z-man pouch i have a single pouch that sits like on my shoulder there's like a little spot that's recessed in front of you for a phone and then there's like a little um platform that kind of has like vertical ridges beside it and the z-man single pouch fits perfectly right there well that thing usually sits there all day sometimes i'll dig into it for some like certain swim baits and things like i have some random things in it but it's like all all 412 and scared fishless just sits under me and then my two or three rods it just lays on my deck and i'm ready like i don't pack i don't have to sort i don't have to do anything like it's always the same thing smallmouth or largemouth i always have the same things on my deck at any given time and we roll in, <laughs> we roll into his cabin and Ben carries his cooler in. And I'm like, oh, it's like, he's got beer or whatever. I don't know. He opens it up and it's like <laughs> full of soft plastic. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. That's, that's me. Like I have a whole big ass Tupperware container that sits uh, between my, my uh, yak attack crate and the, in like the back part of my kayak and it fits in there. Perfect. But it's, I mean, there's probably 70 to 80 bags of soft plastics in there. And I just, I don't know. I'm a gear junkie. I can't help it. it yeah. Like so I, I'm with like, you, man. I'm with he, you. He yeah. has like legit, there's legitimacy behind it. I mean, it's like he explained it to me and it makes sense. And it like, I he's got, I don't know, Ben, you tell the story about your, your thing, like how you have it, like fast, slow colors, this yeah, and that. So like I, I, yeah, so I have this thing. So, uh, I, I, I'm like an, an extremist. So I like, I like the stuff that's on the things that are on the opposite end, uh, of the spectrum in terms of what you throw. But then I also like to have a couple things in the middle. But then, so like, you know, I have something that, that thumps crazy and I have something that, that doesn't thump at all. Then I have, you know, whether it's bait fish, crawfish, creature bait, you know, that stuff. But then within each of those profiles, I have like three or four different colors just to, to match, you know, what we tend to have uh, here. You know, you can, you know, pretty much roll with like, you know, white green pumpkin style or something black and blue and like you're pretty good. But um, yeah, so like it's not just having like, oh, I got one bait 
that's like extreme one bait that has like nothing at all but then i'll have like eight packs of something that has extreme because i have all the colors and i have something like eight or ten packs of something that's has no uh movement at all and i have all the different colors for you know low light extreme light conditions i you know i i run the i i keep like a a journal of like different Nerd. light conditions and like all this stuff and yeah like i totally like geek out on that stuff and i try to like just keep that stuff like dialed in so like for me to go in the water and not have all that stuff i feel like naked you know like I, i'm like oh man I, I might miss an opportunity if conditions change and i don't have that like i just for me i have to have like all those different variations covered yeah there were a couple times where i was like man, should I throw on like a black and blue and try this? Like, especially on like a juicy piece of uh, a lay down or something where like, I wouldn't get a bite. And it's like, is it my color is like, there's just really nothing here. Like, you know, I'm not sure, but then I just get stubborn where I'm like, no watermelon red has caught me every fish today. Like I don't <laughs> need to switch off of this. It's working. So right. like why right. change it? I promise um, you, I know what will make, a fish bite on a lay down when you can't get anything like any lure to work for you. Wacky a rig a wacky rig Senko. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost threw it a couple of times. I like, Good. I, I rigged it and uh, it was sitting there and there were definitely a couple of times where I looked back and I was like, man, I should probably just throw that in there one of these times. And I was like, I, nah, I skip, I skip the, I skip the foreplay. I just throw, I don't, I, I just throw the same, <laughs> the, the four inch stick bait. It goes right in there and does the job. Yeah. The, the real question is on Cinco de Mayo. Did you celebrate Cinco de Mayo? And I actually, so my trip, I, my trip to Indiana and which was absolutely freaking amazing. Um, I actually named it Cinco de Bronzo. <laughs> the fifth of bronze because I just fished for smallmouth and it was epic. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, all in all, I, like you said, Ben, it was, it just, it was a good tournament. I mean, uh, yeah. what, we had 30, 30 people 30 on the nose. Yep. 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 Um, and that kind of let, you know, segues into, um, I know there was a lot of stuff that you guys talked about during, uh, the off season and getting set up for this. And we kind of somewhat touched on it on some previous episodes and everything where you guys have been on. Um, but do a little bit of an explanation on, the changes you've made to the payout structure and you know what you're looking at for angler of the year and how all that's going to work and everything um because i mean you have it all set up really well on the website to kind of describe it and everything but you know still worth at least talking about because it's obviously uh a very important fact whenever it comes to everything with this tournament series yeah no um yeah, so we we tried something a couple of years ago, and, and we we rolled with it for for two years, and it was trying to you know just kind of lower payouts during our uh, series events, our trail events, and then we would do a higher payout at the end to try and pay out more people, um, which you know it worked. And, and but at the same time too, I think a lot of guys just you know if they want to pop in and do an event and try to win nice money like i think that that caters to more people uh than it doesn't so we we switch out the the structure so that basically you know whatever comes in for one event is going right back out for that event like we're not holding on to anything it's going right back out um and it makes it nice because it's easy makes it easy on our end to, to keep track of everything um and and two everybody gets bigger payouts so like first place um, for this event, you know, you're over 500 bucks, second place, you're almost, you're close to 400 bucks. And then, uh, third place, you're, you know, about 178, you know, somewhere around there. Um, but then a big bass got up to like 220 bucks. So like Larry, um, he got second place close to four and then he won, you know, two twenty. So, I mean, that's a nice payout 
for doing one event. Like you, it makes you feel like you actually, you know, you put time in, you put effort in with your tackle. Like that's, that's nice to do. If you, if you just want one event uh, a year, you feel like you, you're starting to, you're, you're getting it back, you know? Yeah. Um, that, we have... that, so that payout he, they used to have, um, it was, it was fantastic. It was honestly, it was a really good idea. Um, so what they did with like, so it was, a the, the buy-in was the same, but what they would do is they would draw some of that buy-in to hold for an AOI payout championship payout type deal. Um, and that's why now, so like, that's why now the AOI buy-in that we have for Keystone is so important for the end of the year payouts. I don't like, I, we didn't really push it a whole lot. It is very important to the monies at the end of the year though. If you guys like, if, if our anglers want, like a big payout at the end of the year. Um, it is important as anglers to do the AOI buy-ins one, because, um, it's going to really jack up that payout at the end of the year. I mean, we're, you know, we're all going to fish events. Um, it's, we hope that everyone likes what we're doing enough to fish at least three. Um, but what's cool is, is that, you know, um, those those AOI buy-ins, they're really gonna jack the the payouts in. Yeah. The I, I like how um I like how you guys didn't do a minimum a number of events. Cause I feel like at some point maybe that was something that was talked about that you mm-hmm. had to fish a minimum number of events to begin to get yeah. into the AOI stuff, which you know, coming for me personally, I if it was three, like I'm pretty sure I could get three events on each the river and the lake series. But you know, if something came up with family or something like that, were an event that I plan on fishing that I wasn't able to do so. But if I did well enough that I was in, you know, to be able to go in for the end of the year for AOI, where it's like, well, sorry, Greg, you know, you did great on those two events, but you couldn't get that third one in, you know, sorry for your luck. Um, I do, I really did like how you guys decided to, you know, not put a a minimum number of events on a, yeah. Yeah. If you're two, if you're two, like, say you have two finishes that were fantastic. Like, like say I bought in and I got this fourth place, which is a great finish. And then maybe I get second place again. And those are the only two lakes that I fished for the year. You know, it, it is realistic that those two finishes could put me in aoy contention um and which is awesome and for the championship as well i mean it's cool that that ben so ben actually brought that up he was like what do you guys think about this like dropping that you know you have to fish three in order to be in contention for aoy and for the championships and we're like you know what you know with life as much as shit happens like yeah it makes sense to do that because ultimately it's about you guys and like we totally understand and don't want to at the end of the year say well you only fish two even though you did fantastic you're shit out of luck yeah your and top we didn't twos don't do mean that. anything for you so <laughs> yeah so i mean ultimately we, we want when we go to the championship for each of the trails we want the top 20 whether that top 20 is from two events or three events i mean your your AOY is your your best three, but we know that there's going to be guys that probably get in there with their their best two, and but we we want our best twenty. That that's what we want. We want to get our, our top twenty in there, and then we'll we'll you know whittle it down from there to go to the overall championship. But um, I I think it's important. Like you know we're we're the only series in in the state that's doing a lakes a lake trail and a river trail. And then we're bringing everybody together and we're doing a two day championship on a lake and a river. You know, we're, we're really weeding out and, and finding who is the best overall, most versatile angler that we have, you know? Yeah, that's, I, you know, I said it before and I will continue saying it. I'm extremely glad that I found, or my neighbor found your series and forwarded it to me, um, to be able to go and start fishing these, uh, just because, you know, 
Last year, whenever I fished Moraine, Ben, you were extremely welcoming to, you know, bullshit with me after the tournament was over <laughs> and, you know, just introduce me to some people and everything because it is, it's intimidating. I mean, like coming into, to fishing, uh, in the event and then you're like, okay, we're going to go and meet here and do the award ceremony and stuff. And you go and show up and you're just kind of like, you know, you're that new kid in school where it's. You just feel like everyone's looking at you like, who the hell is this guy and everything? Um, so it's been it's been nice. And uh, like Saturday, whenever we were hanging out, you know, having some beers, and eating pizza and stuff like that was that was one of the funner parts for me for the day was just like hearing guys talk about, you know, their experiences on the water and like what was going on for them and what worked for them, what didn't work for them. And then even just talking about, you know previous experiences they've had on uh other trails or other you know areas other lakes or rivers that we're going to be going and fishing where it's like all right like this is literally just a bunch of you know guys and gals hanging out and bullshitting about fishing like this is pretty awesome this is what i really enjoy yeah when you when you put a bunch of like like like-minded people together you know it's always a good time especially when when everybody is open to you know talking about their day what worked what didn't work and and so like your your learning curve especially you know when it comes to like tournaments you know it it grow i mean it's it's not as bad as it as it could be because you're there you're talking you're, you're learning from everybody and you know before you know it you know you're you're consistent and you're you're you know competing for aoy and you're doing all that stuff so like um that, that experience afterwards. And, you know, we had 30 guys sign up and we definitely didn't have 30 guys show up afterwards, which, you know, I've been to other series and, and other uh, events and that's very typical. You know, you're not going to have everybody show up, but like you're missing out if you don't show up to that stuff afterwards. Cause that's, that's a learning experience where like, if you had a rough day on the water, maybe you, you pick up something in that conversation. Like, Oh crap. I didn't even think about that. And now you're, you're ruling out, you know, things that you can do next time and you're becoming a better angler. So that, yeah. you know, that stuff is important. The whole thing. I'm totally like, it's obvious and apparent that I'm very social in doing this. Is, <laughs> it's like Joe back. actually, his brother. So I've known Joe for quite a few years. His brother, Josh got me introduced to Joe and Joe actually got me into tournament kayak fishing like four or five like five years ago and uh you know the, the whole experience for me is just incredible like just seeing people from every walks of life like you know like recently my mom passed my wife we're, we're having a baby and like that is like everybody like everybody has so many things going on in their lives and we just put it aside for something that we love and then we all yep. just get her and like, and that segues into the sponsors and like what Ben and I do behind the scenes. Like, like we have this year, we have Ithaca Brewery, which my wife actually got me hooked up. She's a manager of a bar, got me hooked up with the regional uh, representative of Ithaca Brewing Company. And then we have Joe with 412 and Scared Fishless. And then we have a guy that I, I went to high school with his children and uh he's right here in freeport and makes all these baits in his basement and it's ken with kmb outfitters um we have who am i missing i know i'm missing somebody uh ashigan and performance Josh, yeah ashigan like for me it's synonymous with smallmouth fishing like it's their their brand is like it's a culture like they teach you about smallmouth and how to be better at catching smallmouth. It's crazy. The amount of stuff the Smalley talk podcast puts out, but, um, and then, yeah, obviously Hansel with performance, like if it wasn't for those guys up there and Hansel, like we wouldn't even be able to do this. Like he, he gives us like, he says, this is, you know, this is your platform. Make it happen. Like, let's see what you can do. And, yeah. It's really awesome that he allows us to do what we do. Yeah, that's that's what's awesome. And I'm glad you brought that up because actually I was gonna, you know, roll into that stuff uh 
myself but yeah it's it's cool having some backing and everything uh for this and um you know it's nice to be able to uh you know i joked around about it and been like shit if i know there was a four pack of beer involved i would have like tried to fish a little bit harder um, you should have fished your ass off man yeah Come right on. uh but yeah, everyone knows there will be a four pack of beer for first place for every event blake and river that's awesome um <laughs> so let's let's talk about the next event um which is june 17th is the lake event and june 18th will be our first river event and oh yeah uh the lake one is is a big one um yep yeah it's a big lake it's a big <laughs> big event it is yeah, it's gonna uh, be freaking awesome though yeah freaking so, awesome so June 17th will be uh, Lake Erie for us. And then uh, June 18th will be French Creek, um, which I have never, I have never fished before. Um, before I have, either. I, I have fished the lake. Um, I have not done well on the lake. I've caught one or two smallmouth. I've lost a GoPro and... Uh, yeah, that's been about my extent of uh, <laughs> fishing on uh, Lake Erie or in Presque Isle, um, but it'll be fun. Um, I think that it's a little bit different for us because obviously um, smallmouth are the prime for what we're going to be going for up at Lake Erie. However, uh, I do know that you can get back in some of the lagoons and some areas and catch a lot of really good largemouth as well. Um, so you probably wind up seeing a somewhat of a mixed bag of fish, but you know, more than likely the primary fish will be uh, our smallmouth. And then obviously on French Creek um, and any of the river events, it's, you know, it's smallmouth. That's, that's all. I, yeah. going when for. I said, when I was thinking about it, I, I thought, thought i never even mentioned it to ben because it's kind of rude but i thought about making it <laughs> small mouth only but I, hey, 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 hey. but there are chances where you could run into a large mouth or two at some of the slower poles so yep. i didn't do that i'm yeah. i'm stoked lake Erie's gonna be cool because I mean, like yeah. it's gonna be like in that weird spot where you're a like you can get offshore a little bit and like there's still so what's crazy is, is there's still going to be fish in these bays they're just not going to be pre-spawn or spawn like it it will more than likely be all post-spawn but they're still going to be there and like you just got to find the right the right spots like you find a pile or a hump they'll be there man and and it's going to be neat seeing how it plays out plus something that is cool about our rules and how Ben and I opened them up. Like we really opened up boundaries and uh, what's cool is like people like me can still do well at Lake Erie because like, as long as you launch from the main Lake, you can still fish up to five miles up a Creek. So like if you do your homework and find a, a good suitable launch, you can still make magic happen. A river guy can still do do his thing on Lake Erie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we uh, we had a little bit of luck out there whenever Nick and I fished it last year during the month long event. Um, but you know that smallmouth and a lake are just a whole different ball game. I mean, I love fishing They're for wild, them in the man. creek. And uh, doing some wet wading and finding them that way, but yeah, those those fish in the lake, man, they are they are not easy. What was weird is actually I caught two smallies up at Pimey the other day flipping wood. Um, yeah, it was just like like the one I caught. It was just like what? Holy shit! It's a small jaw. And then literally ten minutes later, on like another stump, I caught another one. I was like, what in the hell is going on? Like you should not be here right now. Yeah, they're there in they're in there. Tyler Rupert's synonymous for chasing smallies up at Pimey. He loves it. It's a love hate relationship, I think. He for chases him with smallies everywhere. I've yeah. I've talked with him at Keystone, Erie. Like I've yeah, he he's a smallmouth junkie, and uh, you know, 
luckily for me made that little bit of a connection with him last year whenever uh, we met up out of keystone just randomly whenever i was launching and started bullshitting with them and it's been a nice little uh you know kind of blossoming friendship and everything because he he knows his stuff and uh it's nice just to bounce some ideas off of someone um you know, we were kind of joking around about Pyme and he was like, I'll talk to you about it. But if I was fishing, I would pretty much tell you, you got to figure this shit out on your own. So, <laughs> but yep. so was... the PA Bass Nation kayak series, they had a tournament up Erie this past weekend. Man, did they show out? They, my boy Mikey Holcomb and my boy Jordan Welliver. They were up there hammering smallmouth. Like Mikey Holcomb, he was catching them in the bay, and he was catching them out offshore. Yeah, Tyler uh, Tyler and I were talking on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, and um, he said that he kind of he messed up on day one. He went out on the lake. I think the winds changed. He got blown off the lake, wasn't really able to do anything. Um, but then Sunday, he put 30 smallies in the boat. Like... I would kill for a day like that. So yeah, especially yeah. The eerie smallies. Yes, exactly. Like I was looking at some of his pictures he posted on, on Facebook and it was just like, dude, that's a 15 inch fish. That's like seven inches wide. Like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. <laughs> the crazy thing yeah. about it is they're all like that. Like Erie's like, like 17 to 19, almost every single fish is like a four pounder or bigger. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it'll be the uh when you when you get on there and you get into like a school of them you'll uh you'll be catching smallmouth you'll be catching drum and you won't know the difference between the bites except for the <laughs> drum stays on the bottom and the smallmouth runs to the surface and but they hit just as hard and it's like it's just nuts yeah that's a, it i just opened up facebook i don't know if you follow folks custom cranks but nick folks is an absolute freaking hammer he, he put, like, I just opened Facebook up. Insane day on Erie. Best, the last chance to hit some pre-spawn. 25 or so. Not a single one under five pounds. It's insane. Jesus. He, best five, yeah. 33.2 pounds. Wow. That's freaking nuts. That's, can, yep. let's, let's move the tournament up to next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> They'll wow. still be there. Yeah, June, June's going to be, so... Like June, I like it because everybody always does theirs in May. And so it's the same kind of bite. But June is different. It opens up the play field. You have your fish back in the lagoons. You have fish that are still around. You have main lake fish that if you know main lake, you can find them. So like it it opens the play field up to everybody fishing different. Uh, whether their their strength is shallow or deep or whatever the case may be, uh, June is going to be good. It's going to be the deal, man. I think it's going to yeah, be. It uh, is. I think it's going to be thing. cool. Um, yeah, it'll be. It's going to be fun. I mean, I'm I'm excited for the rest of the the rest of the year with the series and everything. Um, it is something I'm again very glad that I decided to jump into. It's awesome that you guys are as good of directors as what you are whenever it comes to all this stuff and that you know you're both just cool dudes and uh i'm happy to you know that we're going to be able to do this after um every event is my my plan um obviously june will be probably a little bit of a longer episode whenever we do it because we're going to be recapping two events um probably in one episode so It'll definitely be um, a lot of talking and everything, but as I said, I mean, I'll sit and bullshit with people about catching fish all day long if I'm able to. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, gentlemen, I think uh, I think that does a pretty good job for us here tonight. Um, you know, you gave some shout outs to the sponsors. If there's anyone else that you guys would like to uh, to throw anything out there to, now's your chance. And then, if not. Um, That'll be the end of it, and we will uh, we will reconvene in roughly a little over a month. Yeah, I want to give one more shout out. I want to give a shout out to everybody that fishes our events this year. Without you guys, it doesn't happen. It doesn't. It's a, it can't be a thing without people that fish the events. So thank all of you for fishing the events. Absolutely, man. Well said. Awesome. 
Well, fellas, uh, that is our Pimey recap, our primer for the June event and uh, or the June events, I should say. And um, yeah, we'll catch uh, everyone out on the water. Everyone be safe. Enjoy the enjoy the summer. Get out on the uh, the plastic bass boats and, um, you know, put some fish in the uh, French Crick. Yeah. (laughs) Crick, Crick, French Crick. You damn Western Pennsylvanian. I say it too, so it's fine. But uh, all right, fellas. Hey, thanks for hopping on here. Uh, have a Thank good you. night. And um, yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Guys, take care. You too, man. Later. Later.